Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, as I mentioned, here we are. We've stepped headlong into this period of Great Lent, which is profoundly, profoundly important for us because this is the period of time which is set aside for us to reorient our lives, to refocus our lives, which all of us need, not once a decade, not whenever we feel like it's necessary, but we need it at least on an annual basis, at a minimum on an annual basis. We need this time set aside to refocus and reorient our lives toward the path that Christ has intended for us. This analogy is often used, but it's like a GPS. When you're driving down the street and your GPS is running and it tells you to make a right turn, but you don't, what does the GPS do? It recalculates. It finds the next best route for you to take. So this time is like that for us. We're going to pay closer attention to the directions that are before us. If we made some wrong turns in the past, this is that time when we're going to get back on the right track. It's a gift to us. This is a spiritual gift for all of us to benefit from. And we're all aware of the fact that it's Lent, and where else but in an Orthodox church, especially will you hear people go on and on about the importance of Great Lent and what you should be doing. But truly, I tell you, as a priest and as a pastor, I beg of you to take very seriously this time in your lives, because it is an opportunity for each and every one of us. It's an opportunity for us to address all of those nagging and persistent issues that we have in our lives that just seem like they won't go away, our personal issues. This isn't a time to become completely introspective, but it is a time for us to focus on ourselves and to better ourselves so that we can better serve others, so that we can better uh, reflect the life that God has intended for us. If we don't take care of ourselves, we don't address these problems, the sinful life that we have, which is to say the way in which we've missed the mark in our personal lives, if we don't address these issues, then how can we really go out there and be proper representatives of Christ? How can we really go out there and make a good and lasting impact on other people's lives unless we address this ongoing battle that we have internally within ourselves? And this is the time to do this. This is the time to realign ourselves. And of course, the church has many means and tools by which we're able to accomplish this. We have very special tools that give us this uh, reminders and these opportunities to make this change in our life. First and foremost, we walk into the church, and the church is different during Lent. We all know this. We walk into the church, and the curtain is closed. We walk into the church, and as much as we're possible, everything is black. If we could change the carpets and make them black, we would make them black. We don't get to witness the divine liturgy as it's taking place. We know it's going on. We can hear it. We can smell it. But we don't get to be a part of it. And here we have in front of us always some depiction of the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you walk into church and you say, why is everything so dour? Why is everything so sad? This is a time to celebrate. This is a time for us to rejoice for the fact that we are children of God and that Christ was crucified on that cross for us and for the sake of our sins. However, there is a time when perhaps as we're aligning our spirits we're aligning our senses. We're aligning our attitude and perspective about the world. This is a time of synchronization, where what you see in the church and what you hope to see going on within you 
become unified. They become unified. And it's so great when what you're experiencing is aligned and synchronized with your attitude and with your spirit. I remember a couple years ago, the last time Yeritzkin and myself went on a nice vacation, we went to Tahoe for like four or five days before the baby was born. And this was a really wonderful vacation. Now, raise your hand if you've been to Tahoe before. Almost everybody's been to Tahoe. You can't live in San Francisco without going to Tahoe at some point. It was the first time that I had gone. And I know it's not a special trip, right? Going to Tahoe, if you live in San Francisco, is like going to Las Vegas if you live in L.A. You can't avoid it, actually. But even though it wasn't necessarily a really profoundly special trip, it's not like we went to Venice or something like that, it was one of the best vacations I ever had in my life. And I'll tell you why. Because where I was at in my inner life and what I was ready to experience in my outer life were totally synced up. Sometimes I go on vacation and I just can't enjoy it because I'm worried about my responsibilities, I'm worried about other people in my life and whether or not I'm paying enough close attention to them, I worry about money or I worry about all these other things and so I go do something fun or might go camping or something like that, but... I'm miserable the whole time, or at least I'm not paying attention. So what's going on around me isn't reflecting on what's going on inside of me. And so it just doesn't work. But I went on that trip, and I was really ready to relax, and I was really ready to be in the moment, and I was really ready to have a good time, and that's exactly what happened. It all lined up. And when that doesn't happen, we know it can be horrible. For example, you can go to a party when you're in a bad mood, and it's an awful experience. Right? It would have been so much better if you had stayed home, where your house maybe reflected how you feel. Right? <laughs> but we do that. We get put in that position from time to time. But at the church today, what you're experiencing is a synchronization of what we hope to be experiencing as penitential members of the Armenian church. And let me tell you that that doesn't end when you walk out the door. This is very interesting. A prominent contemporary Armenian theologian has said that what we witness in the natural world during this time, at least in our hemisphere, what we witness in the natural world is in and of itself a reflection of the Lenten transformation that we are looking to experience. That is to say that the very transformation of the world from winter to spring, which is going on at this moment, when we see a dead world brought to life, that transformation which takes place also reflects that same transformation which we desire to experience within our spiritual lives. I'm going to just walk through this with you because we have various Sundays throughout the Lenten calendar. And as we know, in the Armenian Church, each one of those Sundays is devoted to a specific episode from the Bible which leads up to the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This Sunday is the Sunday of the expulsion. Where did the expulsion take place? Where did it begin? It began in the verdant, lush, perfect, bountiful, and living world that was the Garden of Eden. And in that world was Adam and Eve God and his law. This is actually stated in one of the Lenten hymns of the Armenian church. In the garden there was three, Adam, Eve, 
and the Lord's commandment. That was perfection, and that perfection was lost. And so began the hardship of mankind, the beginning of having to work, to work like we have to work in the garden, to work like we have to be outside, to help... Um, to work the land, to till the land, to bring something that was dead to life again. In the following Sunday, we have the Sunday of the prodigal son. This is the Sunday when we experience the desire to bring back what was lost. How? Through the love of the Father, through His forgiveness, through His mercy. We desire that He receives us again, and so we've taken that step towards Him, and He has opened His arms to us. The following Sunday is the Sunday of the steward. We're reminded that we're called to be stewards. We have to get out there. We have to do the work. We have to take care of what's been given to us in order so that we can achieve that which we desire as apostles of Christ. But like the steward in the story, we have to be clever and we have to be opportunistic and we have to take advantage of what's been given to us. The following Sunday is the Sunday of the judge. There's a reason why we pray so much in church, but also outside of church. Many people come to me and they say, Derhard, is it okay to pray in nature? Is it okay to pray in my garden? Is it okay to pray at the beach? Of course it is. Many years ago, we established a garden here at this parish. Many of the Sunday school kids even today are in that garden and they're working that land, just like we need to work on our spiritual landscape. And there's a reason why it's important for us to have this space, because it's in this space that we surrender to the control of God, just like we have to, in the story of the judge, surrender to the judgment of the just judge. We have to surrender to God's providence. We have to surrender to his power at work in our lives, just like we have to surrender to nature. Nature which works in accordance with his command. And in the final Sunday, the Sunday of Advent, there's a promise of what's to come. There's a deep and abiding promise that with the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there will be salvation. There will be renewal. There will be life again. There will be that Garden of Eden, that Yetem, that paradise which we once experienced. But to get there, we must have hope. We must have faith in that promise. Yet chiga. That hope must be kept alive like a flame in our hearts, without exception, because it's that hope that drives us forward to realize that promise that God himself made for us. This is the Lenten journey. It takes place in our hearts. It takes place in the sanctuary. It takes place in the world. And we can't escape for it. We can't escape from it. We simply have to embrace it and engage with it. And this is my prayer for all of you during this time. So that we may maximize the benefit of this great Lenten season for all of us. Uh, I'd like to ask for those of you that have just come in, is it raining outside? Is it okay? So, 
In a few minutes, when we're ready to conduct the requiem service, we're going to go outside together, and I'll ask that you follow us as we process outside of the church. I won't say much about the Sumgait massacres, because we're going to hear about a half an hour long presentation about it following services today. But in the spirit of the sermon, which we heard today, and in the spirit of our um, mourning for the souls that were lost, the hundreds of souls that were lost due to these senseless massacres, I want to offer you a poem. This poem is by Archbishop Choren uh, Tanigian. He lived around the time of the genocide. He was a Mukhitarist monk, Choren Serpazan. And he was a poet, and one of his poems, which were translated into English around the turn of the century, is called The First Green Leaves. And I'll read to you it, I'll read to you just a, a couple stanzas from this poem. Scarce are the clouds, black shadows pierced by a gleam of light. Scarce have our fields grown dark again, freed from the snowdrifts white. When you with smiles all twinkling bud forth over hill and vale, O firstborn leaves of springtime, hail to your beauty, hail. Not yet to our cold meadows had come spring's guest, the swallow, not yet the nightingale's sweet voice had echoed from the hollow. When you, like joy's bright angels, came swift to hill and dale, fresh budded leaves of springtime, hail to your beauty, hail. Your tender verdant color, thin stems and graceful guise, how sweetly do they quench the thirst of eager longing eyes, afflicting souls at sight of you, Take comfort and grow gray. New budded leaves of springtime, all hail to you today. Come, come, O leaves, and with sweet wings of hope from yonder sky, cover the sad earth of the graves wherein our dear ones lie. Weave over the bones so dear to us a garland wet with dew. You wings of hope's bright angels, young leaves, so fresh and so new. May this hope spring within us throughout this Lenten period. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to ask the parish council to come forward and receive the collection, during which time we will be preparing for the requiem service.